Well, good morning. Really glad that you're here with us this morning. Uh, it, it is a, a Memorial Day weekend. I understand what Memorial Day is really about and remembering and honoring our troops, but uh, it, it really kind of serves as a, as a special mile marker in my own life because it was two years ago on Memorial Day weekend that, that I was given the first chance to actually get up here and, and to, to speak, uh, to, to preach on a Sunday morning. And so that was, that was two years ago, and so today's... Um, as I was preparing for this, it was kind of a, a, a little bit special uh, to me. But as you can tell, if you've been coming to Freedom for a while, and you know that usually on Memorial Day or on Labor Day weekends, we, we, we'll do this. If you've been at church a while, uh, if you grew up in church or anything like that, then you see the table down front. You know what's about to happen. You know that we're going uh, to have the, the Lord's Supper. It, it's kind of funny. Like, it, it, we, we love the Lord's Supper. Um, but like Christian churches across denominations and whatnot, we don't agree on a lot of things. I mean, we agree on, like, the big things for the most part, like Jesus, right? But, like, we don't agree on a lot of things, but we do agree for the most part that we need to, we need to do the Lord's Supper, right? Right? Like, we may not agree on, even on what to call it, like the Catholics call it Eucharist, and, and some people will call it communion or, or, or Lord's Supper. We don't agree on on necessarily what, what, what we believe takes place. Like some people think that uh, it's literally the blood, the, the blood of Christ and literally the body of Christ. And some people believe that, that once you eat it and once you drink it, it becomes the blood and the body. And then some people, this is really weird, they believe that, that, that it's bread and juice and that it represents the blood and body of Christ. All right? So like we don't necessarily agree on, on a lot of things. Um, how often to do it? We do it a few times a year. Some people, they, some churches, they do it every week like uh, the, and here's here this one's divisive we uh some people uh want to use grape juice and other people want to use real wine right i had a friend in in middle school and his name was jeff and jeff was really nice guy i was i was i just moved to this to this middle school and jeff was one of the first people uh to actually befriend me and jeff was a nice guy but what i didn't realize whenever jeff was like first starting to talk to me and first starting to be nice to me jeff was kind of a little bit of a wild dude he was the type of guy who, when his parents were, would, would leave him alone on the weekends or at night or whatever, he would, he would sneak into their liquor cabinet and he would, he would sneak a little drink of their liquor. Or he would even, like, he was so bold, and this is, this is really how you know they're bold, he would, like, steal uh, a beer out of their refrigerator and he would drink it. He didn't really care if he got caught because he, he was, he was kind of wild. Like, even whenever I was in high school, like, I saw this guy in gym class buying a bag of, of weed, like, right there in gym class, and I was like, oh, man. This guy, he was like one of my first friends here. We, we didn't hang out as much after, after the first. But anyway, so the, it was like uh, in seventh grade, he was telling us, telling me and my friends about how he had gone to church the, the, the day before. And, and Jeff was like, I went to church and I went up front for, the, for communion. We were taking the Lord's Supper and they had the cup that everybody drinks out of. And, uh, and he said, I, I went up and I took a sip and it was real wine. And I was like, what? Because I grew up Baptist where grape juice... I didn't even know that they would serve real wine. And so he was like, yeah, so like I had a little taste of it. And so I was like, ooh, and he, he, he swears, I don't know if it's true, but he swears that he went back in for like another gulp. And that's kind of, that's kind of crazy. But regardless of your background, maybe you grew up Catholic or Presbyterian or Baptist or whatever, regardless of, of your background and what you've grown up believing about uh, the Lord's Supper, about communion, um, the fact is that Jesus, Jesus 
instituted this, and Jesus told us to 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 remember him through uh, through through communion. And me personally, I grew up uh, calling it communion. Like that's what I remember calling the bread and the juice. Whenever whenever we would do that, once a quarter or however often we would do it in our church, we I would call it communion. To me, communion, like because I mean, like what does that even mean? To me, communion was was some juice and some really nasty crackers. Y'all remember those crackers? Y'all Baptists, y'all, y'all, those crackers were gross, right? Like they, they were, okay, this is just to give you an idea how gross they were. After the service um, was over, I'd go to the church kitchen. Me and my friends, we'd go to the kitchen because our church had a kitchen. We'd go in there and we would just start drinking all the extra grape juices, but nobody would touch those crackers because they're gross, right? Like here at Freedom, we don't use those crackers. We got the good bread. That, like, it's a... It's an Italian loaf. I promise you it's good stuff. Whenever it passes by a little bit later, you pinch off a piece. It's good stuff. Um, but after the service is over, you'll see, you'll see some the elementary age and maybe even like middle school, maybe high, like boys will be all around the bread just eating it like their Oliver Twist hadn't had a bite to eat in weeks. And so they're just like, they got to have some bread and they love it. And I always make the joke something like they're feasting on the body of Christ, which is a really preachery of me. But anyway, so like we... They, 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 will, they will eat all this bread, which is funny, but it's also kind of gross because, like, by the time it gets to them, we've all touched it, right? Yeah. We see you out there, the ones of you who are like, whenever, you, whenever the bread comes to you, you kind of pick it up, you turn it over, you tear off a piece to get to the inside, and you reach on the inside because you don't want to touch, you don't want to eat the, the, the bread that everybody else has touched, all right? The, the germs, by the, the, those of you in the back, Sorry. You get it last, right? And that's just kind of gross to think about. But, like, it's funny that these kids, they, they, they love it, and they just eat all the bread, and then they'll line up the grape juices like they're taking shots or something like that, and they just pound them one after another. I got sick doing that when I was in elementary school. Uh, but, but, but communion, like, why do we even, why do we call it that? What's the, what's the deal with communion? As I was thinking about it, I kind of felt like, like that, that, that seems like a really old-fashioned, really traditional uh, term for it. But as I, as I thought more about it, like to what, 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 the, what it means to commune with somebody. And, and as I was looking that up, I, I, what I came across is that to commune with somebody is to share intimate thoughts, to share intimate feelings, to share an intimate time with someone. And that, that's really what Jesus was doing Whenever he, whenever he started this thing that we, that we now call Lord's Supper, that we call communion, he was sharing an intimate time with his, with his disciples. If you remember the story in the Bible, it's in, uh, in the book of Matthew. Well, it's in all of them, really. But in the book of Matthew, it talks about how Jesus and his disciples, they have been traveling around, preaching the gospel. Jesus has been doing miracles, and now they're coming back to Jerusalem to, uh, to celebrate the Passover, and, and as they were coming, Jesus knew that this was going to be like his time on earth was coming to a close, that he was coming to Jerusalem, that he was going to be arrested, that he would be uh, crucified. Jesus knew that that was coming. And so as they, as, as they prepared to have the, uh, the Passover feast together, they, they met together in a room. And, and we pick it up in, in Matthew 26, verses 26 through 28. Now as they were eating, now let me, let me stop for a second. We, we have just a little piece of bread and a little, little bit of juice. They were eating a meal, right? They were eating like a feast. Maybe, 
Maybe next time we should just have a covered dish. Like, I'm just spitballing here. Maybe we should do a covered dish, right? Y'all remember those? That's one thing that we, we are like a contemporary church, right? That, that's one thing the traditional church got right, covered dishes, right? Anybody? Anybody? Nobody, nobody likes it. Anyway, I love them. All right. So uh, now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you, for the, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. All right. Jesus here, he, he's, he's sharing a meal with his, with his buddies, with his 12 disciples. They're probably reminiscing about things that they had done. Jesus is probably teaching them new things that, we don't have, that aren't recorded here. But then Jesus takes a, takes a break from that, and he takes some bread. He blesses it. He passes it around and says, hey, look, this is like my body. Like I'm breaking this bread. My body's going to be broken. This wine is like my blood. It's going to be poured out so that you can be forgiven of your sins. This was an intimate moment where Jesus was sharing intimate thoughts, intimate details. Like this was an intimate time that he was having with his disciples. He told them, you know, as you eat this, as you drink this, remember me. In fact, every time that you eat, every time that you drink, Remember me, not just whenever you get together on Memorial Day weekend or whatever, and they happen to be doing Lord's Supper that, that day. No, he said, every time that you eat, eat bread like this, every time that you drink wine like this, remember me. Jesus had an intimate, intimate moment with his disciples. Now, here's, here's the problem that we run into. We read this and... We weren't there. When it comes down to it, we just weren't there. This wasn't in our intimate moment with Jesus. Jesus was having his intimate moment with his disciples right here. We get to read about it. We get to kind of feel like, I mean, some of us, we've read this, this passage so much that we feel, like, we feel like we could have been there. But the fact is that we weren't. This isn't your intimate moment with Jesus. And this isn't my intimate moment with Jesus. Here's the deal. Communion is about personal intimacy with Jesus. That's what this is about. What we're doing today, it's about personal intimacy with Jesus. And we come together uh, on on days like this, and and, and this is where we will intentionally get together and we intentionally say, hey, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let, let, let's think about Jesus. Let's remember what he's done for us. Let's remember that. Let, let, let's have a moment and just spend a little bit of time in prayer, a little bit of time remembering. Like, communion, what we do here, Lord's Supper, when we take this, yeah, that's what we do. But communion, it, it's bigger than bread. It's bigger than juice. It's about personal intimacy with Jesus. So this morning, what I want us to do is just, I want us to think about sometimes some imp- intimate moments that, that, that are going to come up in our lives, that maybe have already come up in your lives, um, but, but also that, that will one day happen. The first thing I want you to think about is, uh, think about when Jesus became your Savior. All right? Think about when Jesus became your Savior. Uh, maybe that was at like a big tent revival, or maybe like you went to a, a camp, or 
uh, a Billy Graham crusade. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it happened at church on a Sunday morning or it happened whenever you were in the youth group or in the children's ministry. Uh, maybe it happened when you were at home with your family. But think about the time when you gave your life to Christ, whenever you, whenever you broke down and realized your need for forgiveness and you asked Jesus to forgive you of your sin. Think about that moment. I mean, maybe, maybe it was one of those things where like, you, were, you were beginning to realize more and more who Jesus was, and so like, things were good for you. And, and, and out of this, the, the, these good times, you, you gave your life to Christ. Or maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum and your life couldn't have gotten much worse. And you were at the end of your rope and things were terrible in your life. And through maybe a friend or a family member, maybe you just kind of stumbled upon the Bible or you stumbled into church, but you found yourself face to face with Jesus. Think about that time. That's an intimate moment. Not that we read about in the Bible, but one that we get to experience for ourselves. Now maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christian. I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe somebody invited you, maybe you're just here, maybe you just showed up, maybe you've been coming for a while and you've been checking it out and you, I don't know. But may, maybe you're here and you're not a Christian. And what I want to encourage you with is, is from Scripture, Second Peter uh, 3.9 says, uh, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, and this is what's important here, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should uh, reach repentance. Look, the Lord wants each and every one of us to turn our lives over to him. He wants us to ask him for forgiveness. He wants all to be saved. That's what God wants. And, and what's encouraging is throughout the Bible... We're told that if we just call on the name of the Lord, that we can be saved, right? 1 John chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 9, it says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of, from all unrighteousness. If we simply confess our sins, if we call on the name of the Lord, He will save us, He will forgive us and cleanse us. Look, if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian... You, you would say, maybe you're coming to realize it. Maybe, maybe you're like, well, I've grown up in church, but I don't guess I've ever had that moment where, where, I, where I really gave my life to Christ. If that's you this morning, I would encourage you, and I just want to give you permission to, to stop listening to me. I, I want you just to spend a little bit of time, and like as I'm talking, you pray. You talk to God. You try to listen to God and see what He says to you. Maybe right now is when you need to give your life to Christ. Maybe you have questions about that. Grab me after the service. I'd love to talk to you. Donnie, who did the announcement, he, he would love to talk to you. These people who are on stage, somebody with a name tag, if, if you just see somebody who you think, oh, well, they might know what they're talking about, ask us. We want to talk to you about this. But the fact is that Probably like the most intimate moment that I can think about that, that we share with, with Jesus is whenever He forgives us. When He picks us up and He cleans us and He washes away every bit of our sin. How good is that, right? Second thing I want you to think about, it's heaven. Right? Heaven. 
Now, I don't know what heaven's going to be like. I don't know exactly, like, uh, I don't know what we're going to do. I do know that it's going to be pretty, pretty awesome. I know that we get, apparently, new bodies. We get new homes. We get to spend eternity with, with Jesus. And, like, to non-Christians, that sounds like, oh, well, is that any good at all? But absolutely, everything good, everything perfect comes from Jesus like, not only is there not going to be any, like, like, people talk about, well, there's no more crying in heaven. There's no more sadness, no more guilt, no more regret. Not only is there not any, like, these bad things, not any evil things, there's not even going to be things that are, like, just okay. Like, everything is going to be perfect. Like, think about heaven. We get to spend eternity in perfect community with Jesus. In perfect communion with with God, right? How good is that? We're talking about communion and wanting to spend just a moment here as we eat some bread and drink some juice, like spend a moment communing with the Lord. We, one day we get to do that for forever. Like that, that, that's, that's wonderful news. In the book of Revelation, chapter 16, it talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb, right? And blessed is he who gets, in, who gets invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. If you're a Christian, you're invited. If you belong to Jesus, you're invited. Right? Like, when Jesus was sharing, his, sharing with his disciples a day, that, that, that day in, in Matthew, and when, when, when we come together and we, we eat just a little bit of bread and we, we drink a little bit of juice, it's looking forward to, it's pointing forward to what, what we get to be a part of one day in heaven, we get to one day be a part of the marriage supper of the Lamb. Like, think about heaven and how incredibly great that's going to be. How, how like the intimacy that, that you get to feel with Jesus, the, the intimacy that you get to have with God in that moment, or I guess in that, in that eternity. That's so good. Last thing I want you to think of uh, is the fact that God lives in you. Right? Like, we, 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 we say that we believe that. And we, we use terminology like we ask Jesus into our heart. Right? Um, but, but many times we don't necessarily live like we believe that. We say that we believe it, but we don't necessarily live like we do. Like when something bad happens, we, we wonder, well, where, where was God in that? Well, if you're a Christian, then God was in you. We say that we, we use the terminology like, as Jesus into our heart. Well, that happens. When, when, when Jesus, before he, was, before he was crucified, he told his disciples, hey, look, I'm going to send you a helper, and, and, and he's going he, to be such a huge help to you. Wait on this helper. And the helper that Jesus sent is the Holy Spirit. And look, the Holy Spirit, I think that sometimes we, we downgrade his status. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is just as much God as Jesus. He's just as much God as God the Father. Holy Spirit lives in us. Communion is all about intimacy, personal intimacy with Jesus, all right? Personal intimacy with Jesus. And so to think about that, a lot of times we look to the past. We look at at when we got saved, when we gave our lives to Christ, right? And then if we're not looking to the past, a lot of times we're looking forward to the future so one day we're, we're going to be in heaven. One day all of these troubles are going to be gone and we get to be in heaven with Jesus for all of eternity. And 
I can't wait to that moment. But here's the thing, is that in between those two times, God lives in you. And we have the Holy Spirit with us at all times. 1 John 4, 4 tells us that greater is he, the last part of that verse says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Like, God is in you. He lives in you. And Jesus wants us to remember that. He wants us to remember these things. Remember the fact that, yeah, he saved us. Remember the fact that one day we get to spend eternity. But remember the fact that in the, in the meantime, we have God with us. If we wanted to, we could have communion with the Lord any day of the week. You don't have to wait until we pass around some bread and some juice. We can commune with Jesus at any time. And so uh, this morning, I want to encourage you with that, but I also, uh, we, we are going to take this bread and we're going to eat this bread and we're going to drink this juice. As we, as we do that, as you hold the bread in your hand, as you hold the juice cup, think about these things. Think about the fact that, that, that when Jesus became your Savior, that that was an intimate moment, that, that that was you and Him, that nobody else really even knows the details of that, but like you know it. Maybe you could tell people about it, but they didn't feel it like you feel it. Think forward to heaven to one day we will get to spend like perfect community, like perfect communion, have perfect relationship with, with the Lord. But also think about, we can have that communion with Jesus daily if we would just make it a point to. This morning as we pass out the bread and, and the juice, um, if you're a Christian... And this bread and this juice is for you. doesn't matter if you're what, what denomination. If you would say that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and this bread and this juice is for you. If you're not a Christian, just to be quite honest, it's, it's not for you. Um, if, if you'd like to talk to somebody about that, we, we'd, love to, we'd love to talk to you about it and, and, and kind of hammer out why we believe that. But, but this bread and this juice is... Um, It's a representation of, of, of Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross. How Jesus came to the earth, he lived a perfect life, and he gave himself up for us to be beaten and broken and to have his blood poured out. As we take these, remember that. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for The fact that, that, that you love us so much. Lord, I thank you for Jesus and for his sacrifice. God, that, that, he, that you allowed him, you allowed his body to be broken and for his blood to be poured out for, for our sake, for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, make this time right right now, make this time 
an intimate moment with you. Lord, help us to just block out distractions, block out the stuff that's going on in our lives, block out the people beside us, and Lord, help us just to focus simply and completely on you. Lord, we thank you for that. We praise your name.